You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 83. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and welcome to episode 83. Today, I am sharing how to set and achieve big goals for yourself and your business in 2021. I've got a super special guest joining me again on the podcast. But before we dive in, if you are new to the podcast and don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I'm Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist. And I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $2.5 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. While I absolutely love teaching about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a sustainable online business. And setting and achieving goals is a huge part of moving your business and your life forward. If you're like me, then you love setting huge, scary goals. But If setting huge, scary goals sounds a little, well, scary, then check out episode seven of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. It's appropriately titled, Why You Shouldn't Be Afraid to Set Huge, Scary Goals. And you can find that at monicalouie.com slash seven. In today's episode, I have asked my incredible content manager and copywriter, Sierra, to join me once again. She last joined me in episode 77, and I know that she loves planning and goal setting just as much as I do. So in this episode, we are breaking down the three key steps to setting huge, scary goals, and we're walking you through the six simple steps to actually achieving those goals once you've set them. Plus, we're sharing loads of resources along the way to help you take action. So let's get right to it. As always, you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 83. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 83. All right, let's dive in. Here's my incredible content manager and copywriter, Sierra Robertson. Hey, Sierra. Thank you for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. Always love chatting with you, but I'm so excited to bring you back onto the podcast. And today we are talking about how to set and achieve big goals for yourself and your business in 2021, something that you and I both love talking about and we just love planning. We love setting big goals. So anyway, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, it is. One of my favorite things to talk about is big goals, big goals. (laughs) So here we are. When this episode comes out, it is officially New Year's Eve. It is officially the last day of the year 2020. And I think that many of us are very excited about that fact. We are looking forward to 2021 in hopes of fresh starts, new beginnings, you know, saying sayonara to 
<laughs> to this crazy year of 2020. Of 2020. Yes. <laughs> and hoping that 2021 will have a few, a few less surprises, I would say. Would you agree? Yes. I am excited for just closing the chapter. Let's open a new book and make 2021 a really, really awesome year. So what are you going to be doing to kick off the new year? How are you going to be celebrating the end of 2020? Well, I have two small children, so I think I will be exercising my favorite kind of adulting self-care, which is going to bed early. So I do not think I will be seeing midnight. I (laughs) I have two little kids, so I think they're going to bed at seven and mommy will be in bed by 8.30. So when, when we had two little kids, so our kids are getting bigger, they are seven and nine. And when they were little bitty, like yours, so yours are how old again? I have a two and a half year old daughter and a seven month old little boy. Yeah. So you're in it. You're in the trenches of babies and sleepless nights and trying to feed everybody and all of the things. And I remember New Year's Eve several years, feels like several years back now when we had little ones ourselves about that age. And I just remember I tried so hard to, to make it to midnight. And I think I fell asleep on the couch at 11 and then Mike had to wake me up at like 1145 so I could see the ball drop. Yep. We had date night just the other night and I fell asleep watching Die Hard. And my husband's like, what? How do you fall asleep watching Die Hard? And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. So it's 845. I love it. So we we are uh, probably going to try and watch the ball drop, probably watch, you know, movie with the kids or so and keep them up a little bit later than normal. But we're definitely not going to keep them up till midnight. We will we will let them say goodnight, probably, I don't know, between eight and nine, which normally on school nights, they are in bed by 715. So that'll be, you know, a little bit of a late night for them. But and we'll get them to bed and then Mike and I will probably stay up and maybe watch a movie and then watch the ball drop or so. Yes. That's our, our crazy and wild plan. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Living on the edge. My parents used to always celebrate New Year's with the East Coast and that way we could all go to bed on time. Yes, exactly. All right. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about exactly what to do. And so we have kind of put our heads together with with our process for brainstorming big goals and setting ourselves up for success to achieve those goals in the new year. And so that's what we want to share with you in this episode. So the very first step is to start by brainstorming what your most important goals are for the new year. So think about your five and 10 year goals and then work backwards. And this is something that came up with Jeff Woods in episode 75. He's from The One Thing. And he said, one of the biggest mistakes people make when they start looking ahead to setting goals is they just look ahead for that one year coming up, they don't think about the big picture of the direction of their life or the direction of their business. And so you really want to think far out. If you haven't already think about what your five and 10 year goals are, and then work backwards into figuring out what the next year needs to accomplish in order to set yourself up for success in achieving those longer term goals. Yeah. And it's really important as well as you're homing in on those, you know, it can be really easy to get some mission creep and have lots and lots and lots of goals that you want to achieve in the next five, 10 years. And you think you can tackle all of them in one year, but you really want to limit yourself to just three to five key goals. And these can be big umbrella goals that they're big focuses that you want to make for 2021. They can have lots of little goals and little accomplishments underneath them, but you want to limit yourself to just three or five key areas that you want to focus on 
And if you're still getting clear on what some of those goals should be for you and your business, we have some resources. So previously on the podcast, Monica has done several episodes that can be really helpful if you're kind of getting at your head around how you want to grow your business and what it should look like in the future. We'd love for you to go back and review some of those episodes. And in episode 19 of the podcast, which is called The Math to Seven Figures, we share a really helpful calculator to help you figure out what that right mix of products and offerings should be to help you actually achieve that seven-figure mark in 2021. So you can find the calculator at monicalouie.com slash math, M-A-T-H, math, as in the school subject. Uh, You can find that whole episode at monicalouie.com slash 19. A couple other episodes that are really helpful if you're brainstorming and thinking about what your business should look like in the future would be episode 56, five key elements to building a sustainable online business and episode 58, the seven essential steps to building an online, a sustainable online business. Yeah. So definitely check out those episodes, especially 56 and 58. If you're figuring, you know, trying to figure out exactly which steps or which holes might be missing in order to build and grow your sustainable online business. So step one is to start by brainstorming what your most important goals are for the new year. And then step two is to write down why each goal is important to you. And I think this is really one of the most important steps. You obviously have to get clear on what your goals are, but in order to stay motivated, you've got to get really clear on why each goal is important to you. And if you can't come up with a good reason why the goal is important to you, then maybe you ought to scratch it off a list and find something that is going to be more important to you, that's going to be easier to figure out why it's important to you. So figure out what will life be like when you achieve that goal. So picture yourself achieving the goal. What is life going to look like? How is achieving this goal going to make your life better? And how will you feel when you achieve each goal? So think about you know, go through each of your three to five goals. Think about how you will feel. I mean, I always, whenever I achieve a goal, I always feel really proud of myself, but what else? How, how else will you feel? And then I want you to time travel to December 31st, 2021. So exactly a year from now. And think about that you've achieved your most important goals. That's why you're limiting this to just three to five of your most important goals. And Think about what that will feel like when you've really accomplished the most important areas, most important goals in your life and your business. What will that feel like? And how will starting 2022 be so much better when you've achieved these very important goals in 2021? So that is step two, to write down why each goal is important to you. So step number three is actually, I've got it broken down to six simple steps. So I like to break everything down into six simple steps if I can. And by golly, I I broke this down into six simple steps to actually achieving any goal. So the first step is to commit to each goal. So that kind of goes along with step number two. Why is it important to you? Remember why it's important to you. And then you've got to commit. So this is the first step in achieving any goal. You have to commit to making it happen no matter what. It has to be that important to you. No matter what obstacles come up, no matter what challenges come your way, no matter what you know life throws at you to derail your plan, you've got to commit to achieving that goal 
no matter what. So when we started getting, uh, paying off our debt, we decided that we were going to pay off our debt. We committed to that goal. And because we started to commit and we started to take big action toward it, that's when things happened that helped us achieve that goal even faster than we, than we had hoped. And so committing to the goal is the, is super important. I think that's a step that a lot of people overlook. They don't recognize how important having that high level of commitment to your goal really is. You really have to commit to your goal. And I think that that's something I see a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, a lot of people who are just goal setting, they'll come up with a goal. It sounds good. It sounds like, oh, that would be nice, but they don't fully commit to making it happen no matter what. And that's when it becomes easy to get distracted by something else, some other shiny object. And that's when people kind of start to waver and lose focus. And so that's why committing is super important. So then the second step is to create a plan. So you want to break down each goal with details of what you're committing to doing to accomplish each goal. Yeah. And this is where you're really going to need to bring in your team. Monica and I meet together for a good chunk of time, several hours we have blocked off here at the end of the year. So sometime between when we're recording and when this interview goes live, we, she and I together will be sitting down and really mapping out our big goals for 2021. We're working backward from our five and 10 year goals for the business. And then we're mapping it out really at a very granular level into the details of exactly what we plan to commit to. We'll be doing that during our planning meetings, looking forward to all of 2021, as well as specifically getting really, really homed in what we're planning for Q1. But something that you may want to do with your team is as you're looking through your goals, as you're sitting down with your team and you're talking about, you know, what you want to accomplish, um, there are a couple of different strategies that may be applicable. Of course, on our team, we love the 12-week year. I feel like we talk about it all the time. Um, it's a book I reference whenever I have the opportunity. I know Monica does too. It's You can find it if you're interested. It's monicalouie.com slash 12-week year book, one, two, number one, two, 12-week year. And this book is so powerful, I feel like, because you focus on kind of quarterly goals. You can start it at any time of year, but you start on these quarterly goals, working for the next 12 years at a very, very granular level to help you get more done in 12 weeks than other people are doing in months because they have lofty goals, but they don't know, you know, on a week to week basis, what action do I need to take today to make progress. And so you get a scorecard each week that breaks down exactly the actions you need to take around each of your different goals. And it's a really useful system. We'll talk later a little bit about tracking your progress and making sure that you're actually hitting your goals and on track to hit your goals. So very, very helpful for that. But you may discover as you're talking through what these plans are that a quarterly goal might be too long of a window to work on a particular project, or it may not really suit the kind of project you're working on. So depending on what your goals are, you may want to go with something more like a sprint as described in the book Scrum. So Scrum is The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time by Jeff Sutherland. And this book focuses a lot more on kind of how you structure your team and how you work together to achieve your goals and how you guys construct your work to be most effective so that you're not doing double work. You're not coming back to the same projects over and over again. And in that book, he describes specifically the, the method of doing a sprint. So that's something where you're going to clear your schedule. You're doing nothing but this for two weeks. I think he limits sprints to be between two to three weeks at the absolute maximum. You can't sprint all the time, right? Your, your business won't survive if you're sprinting on one project and you're you know, clearing your calendar and, and removing all other distractions. You can't do that. 
all the time. But you certainly could strategically use one or two sprints a year on key projects. People do things like sprints around launching new websites or in you know recording all the videos for your course updates. There are certain things that may be very well suited to doing two weeks super focused sprint. And there may be things that are better suited for a longer reaching quarterly plan. We like using these things in combination. We lean more toward the 12 week year plan, but we certainly have done many sprints over the time that I've been on our team. Yeah. And really what we do consistently that did uh, was an idea from the scrum book was our daily check-ins. And so he recommends um, having like a 15 minute check-in each day with your team talking about who's doing what and what potential obstacles might get in the way of each team member accomplishing their most important things for the day. And so rather than physically meeting, we just have a quick touch base via Voxer. And so that's an app that we use to communicate as we can send each other voice messages. And so every morning, Sierra and I are checking in on what are our most important items for the day and what is on our plate, what meetings are we having, just so we can touch base about you know what we are doing, what we're committed to doing each day in order to move the business forward. All of these links and resources that we're mentioning, I just want to remind you, will be in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 83. So you can find all of these books and podcast episodes that we're mentioning at monicalouie.com slash 83. All right. So once you've created your plan, then it's time to schedule what's necessary to make it happen. And so this is part of the planning process, but I feel like it's a very important part that a lot of people overlook. A lot of people will, you know, write down the steps to it might take to achieve their goals, what they need to do, but then they don't actually make those things happen by putting it on the calendar. And this is something that I've been doing for a long time as is mapping out my calendar and really covering every single hour of the day, every single day of the week. And I have my ideal week calendar. This is a concept I got from Michael Hyatt that he has shared where you kind of map out what your ideal week looks like. When are you working? When are you having your lunch or dinner? When are you doing your workouts? When are you getting ready for the day? When are you having family time? Kind of those big blocks of this is what my schedule is going to look like. And as business owners, it's very important, even though we're, you know, quote unquote, the boss and we're in charge and we don't have to answer to other people, we still have other obligations uh, where we have family members, we have kids, a lot of us, and we have other, you know, other things that are competing for our attention in order to really manage all of those different responsibilities. It's important to put it on the calendar and then you can see what is realistic, how much you can realistically get done. And so I like to map out first my ideal week of like, okay, here's when I'm going to eat lunch and dinner. Here's where I'm going to have family time in the evening. Here's when I'm going to do my workout. Here's when I'm going to get ready. And then I have my work day that I map out as well. And I break out my work tasks into 30 minute increments. So some I might schedule, you know, just 30 minutes for an uh, overall buffer block. And this, I think that's a concept I got from either the 12 week year or the one thing. I know they both kind of talk about scheduling on the calendar. 
And so I'll have like my admin related tasks during those buffer blocks where I'll check in on Voxer to see if my team has left me messages and what I need to respond to. I'll check in on my email. I'll check in in my Asana to review, you know, any little quick tasks that I need to just check off and get done really quickly. And then I'll break out bigger blocks of other things that I need to get done. So my meetings, of course, will be blocked out on my calendar. But then when I have a project I'm working on, I block out an hour here, two hours there, and I make sure that I'm putting it on my calendar when I'm actually going to achieve these things that I've put in my scorecard, my 12 week year scorecard. And so then I translate that into my calendar and that keeps me really focused throughout the day because I know at every minute what I need to be focused on. And so I'm never wondering, you know, Oh, what should I do now? What should I, what should I get done now? You can waste a lot of time in wondering how you should be spending, spending your time and trying to figure out, you know, how best to spend your time. So take time. I do this at the beginning of the week where I'll map out for the next week. And sometimes I'll go even a couple weeks ahead just so I make sure that especially when I've got a big project I'm working on, that I'm blocking out time for me to actually work on that. So then I don't fill in those times with other meetings that maybe are less important or other things that come up that can derail me from my most important goals. So that's how I, I map out my calendar. And that's something you've shared very regularly with me. And also, you know, you share with your husband as well, making sure that we both understand where your time should be so that I, as you know, one of your close, you and I work very, very closely together throughout the day and across, you know, almost every day of the week on lots of projects. I need to know where your time is going. And I also need to make sure that I am doing my part to defend your time and to protect that time that you've allocated to be, you know, your key work areas. So um, a concept that we use a lot and we've actually allocated, we implemented in 24, 2020, this time last year when we were doing your, our planning was we actually allocated two days of the week, Tuesdays and Fridays for you right now are your deep work days. And deep work is a book by Cal Newport about how to focus more and get better quality work done. So we've actually cleared Tuesday and Friday are days that you never have meetings. I never book you for a podcast. You never have other appointments. And we keep those days super, super clear. And we try and keep our boxers to a minimum so that you can really focus. And so those are days where it's on the calendar. The entire team knows that those are days that you need to be focused, that you need to be putting your big work projects that, you know, or maybe those really in-depth projects that you need two or three hours at a time of really continuous thought. And so we, we as a team, make sure that you get that time so that you can focus on the work that only you can do for the business. And you've also incorporated this as well for your writing. Since you're my copywriter, you do a lot of writing, whether it's emails, sales emails, promotions, social media, you do a lot of writing for the team. And so we found that you also need those deep work days so that you can do the focused writing tasks so that you're not putting them off and there's time for us to review them and go over them together. And it just keeps us very focused that, you know, I know when you're focused on writing, I know, or you know, when I'm focused on moving projects forward on my end. And so having those days where, you know, it's, it's not always perfect, but we really try and stick to that schedule as much as possible of keeping those days meeting free and then just checking in, you know, very minimally as needed so that we're not, you know, distracting each other, you know, and pulling each other uh, away from our most important tasks. Once you've scheduled what's necessary to make it happen, then you need to exec- execute the plan. So that's really step four in this six simple steps to achieving any goal. 
So step one is to commit to each goal. Step two, create the plan. Step three is schedule what's necessary to make it happen. Step four is to execute the plan and you actually have to stick to it. So as I just said, it's not always perfect, but if you have a plan, you've got a really important goal that you're working to achieve, you've got to make it happen. And so if you're finding that you're you know, not scheduling enough time, or maybe you're as you're going through and you're figuring out you know, how long each task really takes, then make adjustments to it and make sure because you don't want to get get into the place where you are setting unrealistic goals for yourself as far as how much you can accomplish in a day, how much you can accomplish in a week, and then you derail the entire plan. So you've got to stick to it as best as you can, but also make adjustments along the way as you learn how long things take you. And then step five is to track your progress. So when, uh, this is something I really realized how important this was when my husband and I started getting out of debt back in 2013, many of, you know, listening to the podcast that my husband and I paid off $120,000 of debt in two years, all in a single middle-class income. And we did that because we had a very specific goal and we were very focused. We were very committed toward achieving that goal. And we really stuck to executing the plan that's best we could. We weren't always perfect, but we really did think about why that goal was important to us to keep us motivated, keep us on track. And then we executed it, you know, as I said, not always perfectly, but we did stay on track for the most part and made really great progress during those two years and paying off our debt. And we paid off way more debt than we ever could have thought possible when we started our plan. And the reason, I think one of the reasons that kept us motivated is because every single month I would track how much debt we paid off that month. But then I also looked at how much debt we'd paid off since we started our plan in August of 2013. So I would track the monthly debt payoff amount, but there were some times when we would just pay the minimums on our debt. And so we didn't pay extra. We just made the minimums, but even though we didn't make as, you know, pay off as much debt as we had hoped that month, still looking back since we started our plan at that growing number of the total debt payoff is what really kept us motivated and moving forward that even though, you know, this month, maybe something came up or we just didn't end up putting as much toward the debt as we wanted to, that, that helped kind of recommit to our goal going into the next month to see that that debt payoff number was growing you know, as long as we kept going and we didn't give up, then we were going to continue to be chipping away at that debt. So that's one thing that really kept us motivated. And on the business side, as I mentioned earlier, we use our 12-week year scorecards religiously. We stick to our scorecards and both of us have them open on our computers pretty much all the time so that we can be referring back to exactly those, those most high value tasks that we need to be getting done each week. And that's something that we cover at the beginning of every admin meeting. So in addition to our daily check-ins that we do that are just kind of quick messages between each other about what we're focusing on for the day, we also have our admin meeting at the beginning of the week and we will review our scorecard and we'll give each other a score. And so it's nice. It's something that is a very built-in structure. That's really nice to see each week that, you know, I got 75% and maybe the next week I got 95%. And there have been weeks when both one or both of us have hit a hundred percent on our scorecard. And those are always very satisfying weeks. But like you just said about the debt payoff, there are weeks when maybe we only, you know, we don't make as big of a, a dent in these really big projects they're important, but not urgent. So they just didn't, you know, we only got maybe a 60% this week, but if you're overall reaching about 80% of your goals, 
most of the time on average. What they say in the book is that that you will be on track to achieve your goals overall if you can consistently hit about 85% on your scorecard from one week to the next. So it's that's a really nice metric that we love to use and is really reliable and something that is built into our process to make sure that we're continuing to drive forward on those goals. If we're getting low scores week to week, clearly something needs to change about our use of time, our goals. It's an important check-in to make sure that we're actually executing. Yes. And obviously every, since we create our scorecards for the quarterly on the quarterly basis and create goals for the, on the quarterly basis. So we, we work backwards. We have our annual goal for 2021, and then we will kind of break those up into quarterly goals of what we, you know, what we're going to specifically focus on each quarter at a high level. And then as we start each quarter, that's when we break it down week by week into specifically what has to get done each week in order for us to achieve these goals. So every quarter, then we're also meeting and having a a quarterly planning meeting to look back at how the last quarter went, but there's no surprises since we've been meeting weekly and, you know, obviously communicating a lot about how we're doing on our goals. And then we talk about, you know, on a high level, what worked, what didn't, what we need to change going into the next quarter and how we may need to adjust what we had planned for our goals in the next quarter. And so then we create our goals for the next quarter. And then we create our weekly scorecard for achieving those goals in the next quarter. So we take it, we always look at the high level of what's important, what worked, and then we break it down into those incremental goals as well. So that's tracking your progress. And then the sixth and final step is to celebrate your wins. So as you're making progress, you don't have to wait until you've achieved your goal to celebrate. You can definitely celebrate along the way. And we definitely do that. So in our team meetings, we'll have monthly team meetings where we bring all of the team members together. So on the weekly admin meetings, it's just the admin side of the business together, reviewing what goals we're pushing forward on the admin side. Once a month, we bring together all team members and we talk about our goals and our wins from, you know, from the last month. And so we're always celebrating and, you know, giving each other virtual high fives throughout the year. But it's important to think about what you're going to do when you achieve those big goals and how you're going to celebrate those wins. But don't be afraid to celebrate the little wins too along the way. Yeah. The word we use a lot is that, you know, we like to think that you want to celebrate your biggest breakthroughs all the way down to your smallest successes. So everything in between is is worth remarking upon, is worth saving and is worth acknowledging because you know when you come to the end of the year, you want to really have a good idea of where your time went and to acknowledge like there you can get lost in the weeds sometimes, right? It can be really easy in business to get lost in the weeds on you know the day-to-day the activities we're doing each day. And even for us with our our really structured system, it can be really easy to kind of just keep plugging away and keep making progress without really stopping to look at you know the the mountains that we've moved in that time. So really, really important to celebrate those wins and keep track of them and, and honor them. Yes. So to recap, we've got three high level steps and then the six simple steps to achieving any goals. So three steps to setting big goals are start by brainstorming what your most important goals are for the new year. Remember to think about your long-term goals and work backwards and then just narrow in on those three to five key goals for the next year. 
Step two is to write down why each goal is important to you. And as you are setting these goals with your team, you want to share that with your team as well and bring your team into that conversation about what, you know, why you're setting these goals and what that's going to do for the business and the team members overall. And then the third step is to actually achieve the goals. So you've got six simple steps to achieving any goal. The first one is to commit to each goal. The second step is to create a plan. Third is to schedule what's necessary to make it happen. The fourth step is to execute the plan. Step five is to track your progress. And step six is to celebrate your wins. So this has been so fun to chat about goal setting. It's one of my favorite topics. And Sierra, it's always great to chat with you about setting big goals and how we plan and to share that with the audience. So thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. I look forward to brainstorming with you for 2021. Yes, we will do that. Let's, oh, I'm so excited to hit 2021 out of the park. I get so excited about planning and just thinking about what we can achieve. And when you've got a plan and you actually take steps to make sure that you're making progress on the plan, it's just amazing what you can achieve. And so it's been so fun to be on this ride with you, Sierra. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm I'm honored to be here and I love, love getting to participate. We move some serious mountains around here and I love it. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Now that you've got your goals set for the year, it is time to incorporate them into your business planning. So in episode 35 on the podcast, I shared how to flourish in life and business in 2020. And even though the episode was specifically for 2020, it still applies to the new year. And this is where I went into depth about how to plan your business year. So it's the perfect complement to this episode. So I encourage you to check that one out and you can find it at monicalouie.com slash the number 35. As always, it is great to chat with Sierra and I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Thank you so much for joining Sierra and me today. Sierra and I would love to hear what some of your goals for 2021 are. You can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 83, or you can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica. You can find all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 83. If scaling your business with Facebook ads is on your goal list for the new year, then don't forget to grab my free Facebook ad starter kit. And you can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, love all the links and resources that we mentioned in the show notes. You can find those at monicalouie.com slash 83. If you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It really helps the podcast get found by more people. And be sure to subscribe so you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I'm sharing what should be an essential part of your marketing plan for the new year. I hope you'll join me for next week's episode of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.